if we can have this understanding of who we really are, that we really aren't as good as we think we are and have an understanding of how good God actually is, like how amazing he is, how perfect he is and how much he loves you, how much he wants for you, that he wants you to live in abundance. He wants you to live with provision. He wants you to live out of bondage and he wants you to live in eternity with him. Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And we're back. Welcome back to another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. I am your host, Danielle Mason. And once again, we was not sure what we were going to talk about this week. And so it's Tuesday. I was sitting here and just asked the Lord to place on my heart what to share. Everything that I thought, like possibly that I've been, you know, ideas that I had that I wrote down weeks ago to talk about on an episode. So was none of them. All right. Um, he gave me this word immediately and it was ungratefulness. And then I asked him to give me a verse. What, where do you want me to go? And he gave me Luke 9, 23. And it says, and he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. And then ending with 25, it says, For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? I know many of you guys don't know me from back then. I mean, many years before I even gave my life to Christ and, you know, the person that I was. Thing is, I wouldn't even deem me as a good person today. Um, I don't believe anybody is considered good, a good person. Because when you are putting people in these categories of that's a good person or that's not a good person, what is your, what are you measuring by? What's your measuring stick of goodness? And everybody can say, you know, I have my own truth or I believe X, Y, Z. And yeah, people can have their own opinions And we can think whatever it is that we want to think, but there is only one truth. There's not 8 billion different truths out here. There is only one truth and multiple different perspectives. I had a mentor of mine tell me, imagine people saying, well, I have my truth when it comes to driving and everybody can have their own truth when it comes to driving. What would happen in the world if everybody thought that? It would be complete chaos, right? People would be smashing one another left and right. One person will be stopping, others will be going. And imagine if we adopted that, really thinking about what you're saying and what you're thinking, because I used to be that person. I used to be that person that said, 
everybody has their own truth. Everybody has their own opinion. There's one truth and ignorance to the law is no excuse for not following it. And I remember in my early stages of life, I was afraid to even seek God or talk to God or pray to God or go to church or any of these things because I felt like I didn't want to live that life that I thought I had to live as a Christian, okay? I uh, didn't want the roles. I didn't want any of that stuff that came with it, or so I thought, right? I was very blind um, because I was creating, I, I didn't know truth at the end of the day. That's really what sums it up. I didn't actually know truth. I only received truth from the times that I would go to church and from the pastors that I wasn't really listening to teenagers and younger. And I didn't, I didn't really have like a teacher. I didn't have somebody telling me what the Bible actually says, what Jesus actually did for me. I felt like I was, he was a condemning God. I felt like he wasn't a good God. I felt like he was an evil God. I felt like if I didn't believe in God the way that these Christian people do or these church people do, then that's cool. Like, I don't have to abide by any rules and I can live this life on my own and not have to worry about any of that stuff and live, quote unquote, what I thought at the time was freedom when it was really, I was, I was in bondage. I was living in a fat lie and I was so blinded to truth. What's the phrase, right? The truth will set you free. That phrase comes from the Bible and it's true. It's true. The truth will set people free free. And so I kind of want to go back to the thought of, okay, who's really good and what's the measuring stick on good? You might can say, you know, like not murdering people or, you know, not like stealing or like just hurting others. You try to be a good person, you know, you give where you can and you just help other people out and you love people. That's what I would consider a good person, right? Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever lied before? Have you ever stolen anything before? Have you ever talked about somebody else before, engaged in gossip? Have you ever hurt somebody before? Have you ever used God's name in vain? Have you ever put anything above your creator, above God? And now if you've said yes to any of those things, wouldn't that make you a liar, a thief, you blaspheming God, having idols in your life? And if you pair up with who you are or what you've done to the truth, to the laws that God gave us, we all fall short. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short. We are all sinful people. None of us are deemed good. So we have to come to a place of knowing that for us to feel gratitude for what God did for us, for us to feel gratitude for what the cross represents, for us to feel gratitude for Jesus giving his life for us so we could live an eternity in heaven, in a place of good, in a place dripping with good. Because who is God? God is the only true good thing in this world. And everything good that you experience, the breath in your lungs, the food that tastes good, you being able to love other people, feeling love from other people, you being able to, to feel fulfilled when you make somebody else's day, when you give them something, that is a gift. These are all good things. Us being able to speak, 
us being able to move freely. All of these things are gifts and I forget about them on a daily basis of the simple things. Me being able to see, even though I've got glasses and I'm like semi-blind, I'm able to see, I'm able to speak, I'm able to taste, touch, hear, feel, emotions. I'm able to do all of these things only because of God. Now, I know it's easy for people to say, well, if God is so good, why does this exist? Why is there crime? Why is there evil? Why did he create hell? And I'm well aware of all those questions, okay? And I actually discussed this on um, a prior episode of mine. There's two of them. It's answering your questions on spiritual truths, the Bible, and Jesus. There's a part one and a part two, and I had that recorded with a mentor of mine. So it's really good. He actually answers that question really well. And I can kind of shorten the answer of it, but it's just the evidence of us being able to move freely, us being able to see and breathe and have air in our lungs and for our food not to taste like poop, right? If God was an evil God, why doesn't our food taste like feces? Why are we able to see beautiful colors? Why are we able to admire nature and the beauty of it? I mean, look around. Yes, there is darkness, but the darkness was not created by God. And hell was not created for people. Hell was created for Satan and the fallen angels. And it wasn't created for you. It wasn't created for your loved ones. It wasn't created for any human walking on this earth. You will never meet somebody that Jesus did not die on the cross for. And it's it's not God that sends people to hell, it's people that send themselves to hell because they don't have a humbling spirit. They want to follow their own rules and they want to be their own God. And they don't want to look at themselves and admit that they are sinful. And they don't want to submit to God, which he's a perfect father. I really feel this gratitude for God, especially today because I just watched a video about a guy who was in hell for 23 minutes and he describes it. The Bible talks about it all throughout scripture about this place of hell, this place of darkness. And it's a real place. It's torture. It's destruction. It's everything opposite of God, everything opposite of love, everything opposite of good. And he was talking and sharing and he was saying it's important. He'd been a Christian for years, but he never really studied hell. And he said it's important for people to understand hell because for one, it allows them to have more gratitude for what Jesus did on the cross and not to take it for granted and not to just take it so lightly. And so many people look at it and they don't understand what it actually means. And I think that's where the lack of gratitude comes. And it's hard for us to really comprehend with our human mind to understand how amazing heaven is and how destructive and dark hell is. And I think when we really understand the place that Jesus has prepared for us, because he tells us throughout the gospels that he is preparing a place for his children. He's preparing a place for his church and not church, a building, but church, the people, the people who are following him, the people who love him. And how amazing of a God is he? Because all he asks for is for our heart. He's not asking for us to do good things. He's not asking for us to do works for us to get into heaven. That is not who our God is. He is not a performance-based God. He just loves you because 
you're his child. His love is a gift. And I think too many people are walking around feeling like God wants so much from them and that he wants to control their life and that he wants to strip away their freedom and to strip away their fun. You can literally ask anybody who's been walking with the Lord and probably many of us have had those same thoughts beforehand. Like I really thought that my life wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be fun and I wanted to be of the world. And that was just my heart at the time. And um, it was definitely Satan. It was, it was definitely the lies that I was believing that Satan was telling me. And I'm just, I'm, I'm at this, pl- this place of gratitude for God not allowing me to die an unbeliever and to experience an eternity in hell, an eternity in destruction, in, in bones breaking, in my flesh being burned off of me and me not being able to move my body, me smelling a horrible stench and me not being able to even have any ounce of water, of goodness, of life for all of eternity. And I'm so grateful that he did not allow me to die at that place that I was in. And just, I I want you to recognize for yourself, for your own faith, for your own heart, to recognize what the cross really means for you. What Jesus actually did for you. And yes, he did it for all of mankind, but what did he do for you? And it makes you just feel like, I mean, God, like... The, the desires of my heart, like I just want to desire you. I just, I want to serve you. I want you to lead me. And, you know, he just wants our heart and he doesn't want us to be perfect. We all fall short, okay? I'm going to say that over and over again. We all fall short and we're sinners. We're in this world and he understands that. He doesn't call us to be perfect. I would just watch The Chosen and I love, I love how they portrayed the different disciples and their personalities because it was so beautiful to see like with Simon, he his faith was low. He wasn't trusting God. He was questioning God's goodness. I mean, he was in this place where he was about to be robbed of everything. His whole life was going to be taken from him. And he was questioning God, doubting God in this place of just low faith. And Jesus chose him as one of his disciples. Jesus looked at him in the face and said, follow me. And Simon fell to his knees and said, Lord, don't even look at me. I'm not even valuable because he knew the person that he was. Like when we know the person that we are deep down, we know all the dark things that we've done. We know all of our baggage. We know all of the things that we've done and and our true feelings and desires of our heart that nobody else knows except for you and God, right? Even God knows it better than we do. But when we have this awareness and knowing of who we actually are, just like Adam and Eve in the garden, when they ate from the tree of knowledge, they discovered their eyes were opened to seeing who they actually were. They were open to sin. They could see it. So this knowledge of who you are, it can create a division between you and the Lord when you don't understand God's love for you. When you don't understand that you were bought at a price. When you don't understand your identity in Christ and that he's already called you into his kingdom. You are his child. 
that's why I, I feel it's so hard for, for people and, and believers to really believe that God wants to move heaven and earth for you. <laughs> God wants you to experience miracles in your life and he wants to be your provider, like truly your provider. We, it's easy to say like, yes, the Lord is my provider. But like, do you truly believe that he will provide for you? If you're if you're on your last dime and you don't have a home, house over your head, do you believe that he will provide for you? Do you believe that all things are working for good? And it's those moments that he's going to take us through, quote unquote, the wilderness moments. It's going to, he's going to take us through those struggles. He's going to take us through the pains, the heartache. He's going to take us through those things. And he's going to turn those things that the enemy put upon you, that the enemy meant for evil. He's going to take it and turn it to good. And that's why you hear people say your mishaps and mistakes become your ministry because the enemy is at work here on earth. Anything that you see happening If it's not good yet, God's not done. Anything that you see happening in your life that isn't aligned with scripture, that isn't aligned with who God says that you are, isn't of God. So if we can have this understanding of who we really are, that we really aren't as good as we think we are and have an understanding of how good God actually is, like how amazing he is, how perfect he is and how much he loves you, how much he wants for you, that he wants you to live in abundance. He wants you to live with provision. He wants you to live out of bondage and he wants you to live in eternity with him. The reason God created you is because He was desiring a family. He was desiring you to be part of his family. And how beautiful is it when you understand that he doesn't expect you to be a perfect child? Does a a mom or a dad expect their child to be perfect? And do they love them less if they aren't perfect? Right? If they are in rebellion, if they are just acting a freaking fool, does your parent love you less? That's the same with God, except imagine 15,000 times greater because he's a perfect father. And so nothing you can do can make God stop loving you. God doesn't want you to show up as your best self for him in your best Sunday dress. No, he wants you to show up as who you are currently with the things you got because he can take care of the stuff that you bring with you. He wants to help you through whatever things that you're that you're carrying because you were not created to carry it alone. And I'm going to tell you a secret. The devil is deathly afraid of you knowing and finding who you are in Christ and really knowing it in your heart because he knows that when you have a grasp and you know who you are in Christ and you really believe what God has said about you, that's when you're a threat to him. That's when he knows he can't mess with you. Not to say that things aren't going to happen in your life. He's, he's going to try, but he knows whenever you deem that as truth and you really have in your heart that I know who God called me to be and I know my identity in Christ, the devil, the devil has no entry point. The devil loses in that moment and he knows that. When you understand that the devil's at your feet and that you have authority over him, his tactics aren't going to be the same. He knows that once you understand that, you speak with authority, you walk with authority, and you walk in power because you understand that you have the living God living inside of you. And that's what he's afraid of. Understanding all these things will allow you to have and, and live with the sense of gratitude and waking up in the morning like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for waking me up. Thank you for the breath of my lungs. This is all a gift. This is all a gift from God because what? Anything that's not good is not from God. I literally have sticky notes on my window and just reminds me of who God is. 
God is our fortress of salvation. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He's the great I am. He's the God of grace. You can do something and he's there's grace for that. There's grace for what you do in the future. He just wants your heart. He's a consuming fire. He is your comfort. God is the almighty. He's the eternal king, the eternal king. He doesn't exist in, in between time. He's the beginning and the very last. He's the God of peace. And so truly everything that we want as human beings, and this is something that I was so blinded to before I found Christ, because I was trying to seek, seek acceptance, seek fulfillment, seek a good time and all this stuff of the world, man. As much as I had fun at the end of the day, it didn't fill me up with fulfillment at the end of the day it's like always this longing for something more and that something more and everything that you're searching for love peace fulfillment purpose clarity all of these things are found in jesus's arms and this is really what it comes down to those things felt fun because i belong to the world in that moment right we're born into this world with sin we're not automatically born going to heaven once we are at an accountable age we are going to be held accountable for our actions and the choices that we make it's not a free-for-all you can choose to do what you want here on this earth while you're here and then expect whenever you die to go to the place that god created for his beloved, for his followers, for people who loved him and believed in his son and what he sent his son to do to free us. And in the video that I that I mentioned, the 23 minutes in hell, the guy says a really awesome analogy. And it's like, say there was a family that lived in a huge mountain on top of the hill. They had the best estate, right? The best real estate. And you went to them and knocked on their door and asked if they could move in. What do you think they would say? What would you expect them to tell you? A stranger. They would turn you away. They don't know who you are. And so we have to really think about the things that we're claiming and stating as what we believe and as truth and living by it and, and really kind of gambling our eternity, our forever. This is a really important thing to think about. And that same concept applies to God and his house. He gave us instruction. He gave us what he wanted. He gave us his heart and truth for us to follow for our own good. What makes you think that if you come and you live this life and you don't acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior, you don't acknowledge Jesus, what makes you think that at the end of your life you can knock on your door and he'll say, come in? If he doesn't know you, if you don't have a relationship with him. Many people feel like there's multiple different roads that can lead to heaven, but the path is narrow. The path is so narrow. It states it in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. It says, enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. So there's many who enter through that, that wide gate that leads to destruction. And then in 14, it says, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. So there's only two options. There's the gate that leads to life and there's a gate that leads to destruction. There's no gray area. There's no in-between. It's very black and white. And it goes to say at the end of 14, and there are few who find it. So Jesus is saying there's many who find that wide gate. There's many who are on the path to destruction and there's few that are walking through the narrow gate. And it's honestly a shame. And I have so much 
like compassion for people who are on that path of destruction, who don't know truth. But once you know truth, you're going to be held accountable for what you know. Once you know the truth behind Jesus, behind the gospel, the the real love story that it is, you have a decision to make. And it's, are you choosing the path that leads to life, that leads to love, that leads to good? Or are you choosing the opposite, the path that leads to destruction, that leads to eternity in darkness? I want to share this little story that I can't remember where I heard it, but I heard it the other week and I'm pulling it up because I don't want to mess it up because I'm not the best at like repeating stories. Um, so it's a story about a guy sitting on a fence and on one side of the fence, there's an angel and on the other side of the fence, there's the devil. The angel did not stop encouraging the man to jump off the fence on his side, the good side. And the devil said nothing. The angel kept telling him, jump off and come to this side come down from the fence on the good side. And the devil still said nothing. And the angel never let up, never stopped, kept pleading with the man to jump off on this side, to jump off and be with God on the good side and get off the fence. And the devil said nothing still. And the man was very intrigued that the angel spoke so consistently and with so much passion while the devil said nothing. And so he asked the devil, why? Why haven't you said anything so far? And the devil replied, because the fence is mine. So sometimes we can think as believers, this is for my believers out there, sometimes we can think that if we're, we, we can straddle this fence, we can be in this gray area, we can flirt with darkness, we can still be in the world and in the life that God has ordained for us. But straddling the fence is not a neutral position. You are sitting on the devil's property when you're straddling the fence, having one foot in and one foot out. And looking back and you, you really do, your eyes become open. You are truly spiritually blinded. You are, you're spiritually blinded to things of darkness when you aren't walking in light, when you haven't decided that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Ephesians 4.18 talks about it. And it says, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart. What have I been saying? God just wants your heart. It's that pride and that ego and that desire to control everything, the pride of life, wanting to create and to control our outcomes and to think that we are ourselves our God and that we don't need a savior, that we are good. That is what keeps people away. And it's so interesting being able to look back and like look at, you know, my actions and the things that I was thinking about and just seeing whenever I was then in that moment, I didn't really think what I was doing was that bad. You know, I thought it was normal and I was like, I was enjoying life, but it was because I didn't know anything else, if that makes sense. I didn't know what life could feel like. I didn't know what life could look like. Because when I tell you, when you start to walk with Jesus, your eyes become opened. You literally become a new person. And you realize that like Satan in that moment, he had me right where he wanted me. He wanted me to continue to walk and play in this darkness. The last thing that he wanted for me and for all of us is to expose his lies and his plan for destroying souls. That's his number one goal. He's going to tell you something that sounds good. That's that he's, he's not going to use something totally like crazy out here and like something that, that wouldn't lure you into to flirt and to play in darkness. He's going to use things that he knows may be a weakness for you. And so if you aren't rooted in who Christ says that you are and walking this life with Jesus daily, it's easier to fall into those lies, into his traps.
And if you really sit back and look at it, right? Like at the time I was like, oh yeah, this is so much fun. Like this is the life, whatever, whatever. But really looking back, it's like all those things I was doing were of my flesh and they were all so destructive to my soul. Like it was destructive things. Like really sit back and look at like what are, look at the decisions that you're making, have a reflective moment and saying, is this like really good for me or is this not good for me? We tend to as humans want to make things like gray and want to make things, you know, not black and white, but they truly are black and white. There's good and there's bad. There's death and there's life. There's dark and there's light. There's no in between. And the good news, and let me just tell you some good news, okay? The good news is, though, once you turn your heart to accept this free gift, this unconditional love that Jesus gives freely, he will change your desires. And it's so crazy because it's, it's such a hard thing to explain to somebody who hasn't experienced it and to just really talk about in a way like, like your things will just wash off. And this is really the coolest thing that I feel like I've experienced over the last couple of years, maybe even a year. I don't even know. It feels like I've been walking with the Lord for so long, but it really hasn't even been that long. But it's how all the things that I used to spend all my time doing, I used to make all these plans around. I used to just define as fun. Like I don't even desire to do any of those things anymore. Christ literally turns you into a new person. Once you repent, you realize I'm really not good. I have sin and I have this darkness that I've that I've been walking in. And whenever you have that repentive heart and say, Lord, forgive me, like I'm a sinner. I want you, I believe in you as my Lord and Savior, like I need you. And you have that repentive heart of your rebellion, of your past, of your sins, and confess that he is your Lord and Savior and King. That is you becoming a new person. That is you becoming a new creation because at the end of the day, all God asks for is your heart. And it's so beautiful and it's so mind-blowing because we're so used to people wanting this from us or having to work so hard for things. We're so used to having to prove ourselves worthy with these resumes and having approval from your parents and school teachers. And we're so used to working to gain recognition and and to gain these gifts And so it's hard for us to comprehend like this is a free gift. The gift of salvation is a free gift. He doesn't want you to work your way to heaven. He just wants you to surrender. And there's in that surrender moment, in that letting go of control is so much love and peace and and grace and gratitude and mercy and, and your past is washed away. He washes you clean. And it's just such a beautiful like love story it really is and I just pray in my heart that if you're listening and maybe wasn't sure what you believed or maybe you fell in your faith or you haven't really been been seeking the Lord like you know that he's been calling you to or maybe this is your first time really hearing about you know the truth about what Jesus actually did what the cross actually represents and I hope for you my hope and my prayer for you is to just say that prayer and just reach out to the Lord and to to just repent of your sins and to confess them as your Lord and just say, God, like, help me. I don't really know what to do, but I know I can't do this on my own. And he sees your heart. After that, get into the word. If you don't have a Bible, get get in the Bible, get in the word, get the Bible app, like start reading his word because that's where real truth comes from. And your spirit, once you're born again, your spirit, God will open your eyes, your spiritual eyes to see truth. And you have to understand that most people, right? In Matthew 7, most people 
are walking to, to the gate of destruction. So most people aren't going to be helpful in your walk towards life. And so you have to, it's a must to get in a body of Christ, to find a local church. And it, and church doesn't have to be, it's not about the building because without the people in a church, it's just an empty building. So when I say church, I mean the people, a body of Christ and the best place to find people who are serving the Lord and loving the Lord is finding a good church home and, and seeing for yourself, like do these people portray the fruits of the spirit, right? That's how you can see, is this person truly like a Christ follower? You can recognize a tree by the fruit it bears. If there is a tree, aka a person who's not bearing those fruits of the spirit and you can find the fruits of the spirit it's in colossians 5 it lists the fruits of the spirit if they're not portraying that then they're not truly walking in christ's love and so there's yes many churches who are going to be exposed when jesus comes back for being a false church but there's many churches who are rooted in the love of christ and really being the hands and feet of jesus you're not going to find a perfect one but it's all about just using and asking god to lead you and and to help you find a good church home so you can grow in your faith and be surrounded by people who can strengthen you in your walk with Christ. And so when you build your understanding and your knowledge around who you truly are, whose you are, who God is, what he actually asks of us, and what he gifts us, Luke 9, 23 to 24 seems a bit easier. Let me read it again. And he was saying to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Okay, now reading that again definitely doesn't seem easy. And it's not, it's not easy. We're not called to walk this easy, comfortable life. And we are battling with the flesh and we'll always battle with the flesh until the day we die. But God also will not give us a temptation that we cannot overcome. A temptation that won't overtake us if you're rooted in the word and you're rooted in who he says that you are. And if you're rooted in Jesus. And it says in 24, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. It. And so coming to also a place of understanding that this life that we're living here, we can get so distracted, especially in this day and age with everything. Like it's like weird for us to sit in silence for like five minutes. Goodness, right? We're so distracted and everything has our attention, especially in America. And it's like, what are you working so hard for? <laughs> What are you working so hard for? Really think about this life is temporary. You're not going to take any of this with you when you die. And people are most likely going to forget about you. And so what Jesus is saying here is you must deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow him if anyone wishes to come after me. And I know there's so many believers who are very lukewarm and who believe Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and that's it. They are continuing to live in this life of comfort. They're continuing to live in this life of sin, and they don't have a desire to, to turn away from their old lifestyle and to walk in the life that God has called them to live. And they're, they're feeding into their fleshly desires. And when that's the case, we have all these Christians, quote unquote, talking about Jesus or possibly Bible thumping people, but they're not actually living the life that God has called them to. 
it's easy for people to look at their lifestyle and to call them hypocrites and to say they don't really want the life that they that they're living because guess what if they're not devoted living a life devoted to Christ they're not going to have the fruits of the spirit they're not going to have joy peace patience kindness goodness self-control they're not going to have these things which that is what's attractive to people that is the light when people are actually walking with Christ you're going to see these fruits of the spirits on them they're lit up it's on them. They're graced with them. And that is truly what people desire. And when unbelievers don't see that in quote unquote believers, it's not attractive to them. They don't see anything different in their lifestyle. So I've definitely have called myself up and I'm calling you up as well. If you're a believer and you want to be obedient to what Jesus is saying, because it's not my words, it's not what I'm suggesting you do. I'm pointing you to the word and to what Jesus says Being a Christian, a Christ follower, isn't about going to church and praying here and there and telling people that you'll pray for them when really maybe you will, maybe you won't, or living in your little place with just yourself and not sharing the gospel and not changing and not doing inner work and not surrendering and submitting yourself when you're not doing these things. No, being a Christ follower is literally what Jesus just said, denying your flesh. When you have a temptation or a sin or you're you're feeling like you want to do xyz but you come to him first and you ask him to help you through that you ask him to help you make a decision you ask him to help you take away this temptation from you to take away this sin you are denying your flesh and we won't get it right every single time and that's not what jesus wants but when our heart is in the place that he wants it to be we'll see through actions and through our language the true desires of our heart So maybe take a second and just sit in gratitude of what truly is a gift from God. Everything good, everything good in life is a gift from God and it's only by his grace. And sometimes it takes a minute, like even on the beginning of my journey, like only by his grace, this is it. Only by his grace, I'm breathing. Only by his grace, I'm able to live another day. And yeah, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I think the more that you just learn and the more that you spend time with God, the more you will really feel that in your in your gut, in your heart. It's like, God, this is only because of you. And it's easy to say, but it's different when you actually feel it. And so if you don't feel that yet, it's okay. It's okay. Just continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And I know if you're listening to this podcast, you're seeking and you're searching for truth and you, you desire that. And so I just want to Take a second, just call you higher, just like Jesus has called you higher, not to live like the rest of the world, not to live like these quote unquote Christians out there who claim they know Jesus, but don't actually have a relationship with him, but calling you higher to seeking truth for yourself and to being in his word and to surrender your life to him. Because I'm going to tell you, it's not easy, but I live with so much more peace than I did when I wasn't walking with him, whenever I wasn't surrendered, because guess what? I I had to be the person that had to control the outcome. I had to be the person that um, had to figure out things on my own. And I I was a person that was trying to, to find fulfillment and love in all these dead ends. When, again, this life is temporary. We are a foreigner in this land. We are a foreigner to the earth. This is not our home. And so remembering that, will help you as you go out there and to live your life in according to how Jesus has called you to. 
Because when you when you walk in obedience, there's so much reward. And every reward may not be here on earth, but you're storing up your, your treasures and your rewards in heaven. And when you're thinking about 80 to 90 years of life in comparison to eternity, which would you rather store up treasures for? So action steps. First, I would say pray. Pray and just thank God for his gifts. Thank God for anything that you can think of. Just thank him. Thank him for his goodness. And the second thing I would say is while you're praying, repent. Repent of any sin that you have, any sin that you have buried within your heart or in your past. Repent of believing lies that Satan has told you. Repent of anything that you can think of in your life and ask God to to search your heart and to expose your heart to you so he can lead you in the way everlasting. And just surrender this day to him. The Bible says daily surrender. It's a daily surrender. It's a daily crucifying of the flesh. It's a daily denying the flesh. It's a daily, God, I need you to fill my cup up. I need to read the read your word daily. Because if we don't, we're filling our minds with thoughts of other people. We're filling our minds with work, with, with social media, with TV, with music. We're filling our minds with all these things, things of this world and not things of heavenly places, not with truth. And so for you to experience this inner heart change, you have to fill your heart and your mind with truth and reprogram and renew your mind with truth. So if you haven't read the gospels yet, I would say start in the gospels, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible and start there. So that could be a second step. And then the third, I would just say, if you wanted to look on YouTube and look up Bill Weiss's, I think that's how you say his last name, speeches, and it's 23 minutes in hell, guest speaker Bill Weiss. And he talks about his experience and it was filled with scripture. He points out scripture. It was a great thing for me to watch. And I would say even check that out because it really will just put you in a state of gratitude and just urgency as well. So it's just a really, really great video. I highly recommend it. Thank you for listening to another episode. I hope I wasn't all over the place with this one. I totally felt like I was, but I hope you got some value from it. Share it with a friend if you did. And I hope you guys go out there and have the best freaking week because you can. All right, let's bring it in. Giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me. So if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways. So feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag me at blackouts to breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest takeaways so I can connect with you and reshare your post. I can't wait to hear from you until next time, friend.